Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, a Stuff the Bus follow-up. With Collection Weekend in the books, Christian Clearinghouse begins the sorting and organizing process. Ahead of next month's distribution, we'll have all the details. Also this morning, now that we have you thinking about back to school, Delivery Service Shipped is out with their ultimate school shopping guide for students from kindergarten to college. And the executive director of the NASA Exoplanet Science Center explains why scientists, especially those who are searching the universe for other planets and potential forms of life, are so excited about the potential of the James Webb Space Telescope. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, July 18, 2022. Today, if you need a reason to celebrate, is National Caviar Day. National Caviar Day. It is also National Sour Candy Day, so it's like one extreme or the other. Uh, I think everyone will fall into one of those, right? Uh, Sour candy is not your thing. Maybe caviar is, and vice versa. Today is Nelson Mandela International Day. It is Perfect Family Day. Perfect family day. Does that does such a thing even exist? I, my wife and I were actually talking about this uh, the other uh, the other day, uh, talking about we were comparing the dysfunction of our families, <laughs> and and uh, you're saying it, it. Everybody's family is dysfunctional. Is there such a thing as the as the perfect family? But today is Perfect Family Day. It is World Listening Day, Global Hug Your Kids Day, uh, which I think is maybe the best celebration of them all. You hug your kids enough, maybe we'll end up with a perfect family. <laughs> Less drama later on. It is Insurance Nerd Day. Which was, I looked this up, Insurance Nerd Day was created as a way to encourage uh, young people to pursue careers in the insurance industry. Because it is typically seen as kind of a boring, uh, dull industry. And the insurance industry wanted to show that, no, that's not the case. So they uh, created Insurance Nerd Day to encourage people to get into that uh, career field. And it is National Get Out of the Doghouse Day today. So there's that. Uh, So could Tucker Carlson be eyeing a run for president? This is uh, one of the uh, first things that uh, I saw on the Newswire this morning that uh, jumped out at me here. Uh, Yahoo News reports that uh, Tucker Carlson flirted with a presidential run on Friday in a speech before a large group of Christian conservative voters at the Family Leader Summit in Iowa, which is, of course, the state that holds the first contest of the presidential primary voting season. His remarks included criticism of transgender athletes, high energy prices, wind turbines, and even corporate America, which usually is thought of as a Republican constituency, but not as aligned with the more populist conservative views that uh, Tucker Carlson is fond of. He also addressed Russia's invasion of Ukraine after some of his comments about the conflict have been criticized. Uh, 
He said, I am not a Putin defender, despite what you may have heard. But he did say that whatever Putin does is, uh, in Ukraine is not more significant to me than the cost of gas. So that's kind of where he is on that. Uh, Yahoo noted that uh, he began by talking about his many trips to Iowa over the years, something many ambitious politicians who want votes in the state uh, would say. And so, again, leading to more speculation that Tucker Carlson could be looking at a run for the presidency. John Schweppe, who is policy director for the social conservative group American Principles Project, says he is definitely flirting with it. But Tucker has claimed he will not be making a White House run, laughing and telling journalist Ben Smith recently when asked, quote, I'm not running, unquote, which seems pretty definite there. Kind of laughed it off, but we'll see. Still plenty of time for him to change his mind. Some of the other most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. I don't like where this is headed. Uh, thanks to the thanks to mobile internet technology, many of today's cars are always connected, and the cars of tomorrow will be even more so. That combined with the fact that so many cars are operated using sophisticated software systems means that manufacturers have more control over your car even after you have purchased it. And here is the latest example. Did you hear about this? BMW is adding a monthly fee to use the heated seats in your new car. You buy a new BMW, heated seats are a monthly option. You have to subscribe to to heated seats, kind of like... You pay monthly for your Netflix subscription. The heated seats feature costs $18 a month. 18 bucks a month to have heated seats. Now, call me crazy, but I think if you spend the amount of money that you spend on a BMW, you should not have to pay extra every month to have heated seats. But uh, BMW feels otherwise. And that's not the only thing. BMW offering other subscriptions for vehicle features like traffic alerts and map updates. That I could understand because it requires uh, manpower and resources that the company expends to update maps and give traffic alerts and all of that. There is a cost involved to the company to provide that feature. So a, a subscription fee makes sense. But heated seats? Really? Are they going to start charging for every time you turn on your headlights from now on? I mean, what is the deal? I don't know. Do not like where that is headed, but I guess it is the uh, wave of the future. You know, Tesla does that a lot. Tesla does that a lot. They have uh, different subscription things. Things that your car, your Tesla would be capable of, but you have to pay to unlock the feature. By the way, speaking of uh, Tesla, Elon Musk is predicting that uh, humans will be landing on Mars in the next 20 to 30 years. The uh, founder of SpaceX wrote online that Mars has great potential for humans, and he said he thinks the first human landing could happen in the next 20 or 30 years, two or three decades. Earlier this year, he hinted that a crewed mission to the Red Planet could happen as soon as 2029 and talked about becoming a multi-planet species. Uh, here's just hoping that uh, he doesn't launch people to Mars and then almost when he, when he gets there, decides, oh, I don't really want to go. 
You know, that's <laughs> kind of like his Twitter purchase. You see where I'm going with that. <laughs> Send people to Mars, get almost there, and then say, nah, I don't think I want to go. <laughs> I'll turn around and come home. Uh, let's see. Speaking of space, the annual Perseid meteor shower should be visible starting tonight. It has been observed for over 2,000 years as the Earth passes through the orbit of a comet called Swift-Tuttle. This year's celestial show, celestial show, easy for me to say on a Monday, is due to peak in mid-August, but it should be visible starting tonight. So there is that. A couple of other uh, interesting items among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Uh, did you see this? A jewelry company in India has set a new world record after creating a ring with more than 24,000 diamonds. 24,000 diamonds in this ring. That's, that's a lot of diamonds. According to Guinness World Records, the ring is set with 24,679 diamonds, to be exact, in a design based on the pink oyster mushroom. The ring weighs about 12 ounces and is valued at more than $95,000. $24,670. I swear, if this ends up on the finger of a Kardashian, I will just scream. <laughs> uh, let's see. Speaking of trendsetters, have you seen this? A uh, woman has gone viral after showing off her latest piercing. Uh, the TikToker who goes by the, is that the proper name for someone who is on TikTok? TikToker? Uh, at murder, murder, M-E-R-D-U-R-H, at murder. Uh, this woman shocked her followers with her latest piercing. It is a bejeweled eyelid. She pierced her eyelid. I, that's it. I, people have just gone crazy. They've just absolutely gone crazy. Piercing your eyelid. Expert piercers have said, and I would imagine your doctor would tell you this too, putting a needle that close to your eye is risky. Really? <laughs> Who would have thought? I would have never thought that that was a risky thing to do. Uh piercers are you know the, the the people who do piercings like this are split on the ethical implications of this many say that this look may be unethical to perform uh because not only could you you can put an eye out with that thing quite literally uh you could also create an eye infection or scratch the the uh, surface of the eye. I mean, all kinds, uh, all kinds of. Uh, but the worst case scenario, obviously, is you can blind someone. So, please don't go to the uh, piercing parlor and look to get your. I, I have seen uh, people who have tattooed their eyes. That's bad enough, tattooing their eyelids. But uh, piercing your eyelids takes that to an entirely new level of stupid. But there you go. And uh, how about this? If you are a dog owner, take note. Um, I don't know the last time you smelled your dog's feet. 
but you may want to do this because apparently your dog's feet could smell like Fritos. And it is a, a an issue if they do. This is what this is the story off the uh, newswire it says, do, does your dog smell like Fritos? Well, this may be why the bottoms of a dog's paws can sometimes smell like corn chips. And it's dangerous because it's uh, probably due to bacteria and possibly a yeast infection. It is called Frito feet, and it is actually fairly common. However, uh, animal experts say, beware if you notice your dog uh, smelling like uh, Fritos. It could be uh, the beginnings of an infection. Bathing your dog more often can help, and if your pup experiences hair loss, excessive itchiness, or redness, it might be time for a visit to the vet. So, a word to the wise for pet owners. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Cloudy conditions early today, but then becoming mostly sunny with a high of 83. It'll be partly cloudy tonight, a low of 64. One person was taken into custody after police responded to Finley Senior Tower Apartments on the report of possible gunfire. Police say attempts were made to communicate with the individual inside the apartment with limited success, and the person refused to exit the apartment or comply with commands. Tear gas was then deployed into the apartment, and the person came out. We spoke with the police chief on the scene, and you can see that video on the website. Ohio health officials are warning of a likely increase in new COVID hospital admissions in the coming months. Health officials say the highly contagious BA5 subvariant is fueling an uptick in cases nationwide with people getting sick even if they're vaccinated or recently had COVID. It is so infectious. You know, it's on par with the most infectious viruses we as humans have ever seen. The CDC says older Americans, those 70 and above, are faring the worst with the hospital admissions rate for that group nearing last summer's peak. And new numbers from the Ohio Department of Health show more than 24,000 new cases over the past week, which is up more than 5,000 from the previous week. Get more on the website. Ohio is making the transition to the new nationwide 988 suicide and crisis lifeline. Board-certified clinical psychologist Dr. Craig Bryan from the Ohio State University College of Medicine says we should all take note of what he calls the coded language of suicide. When you hear people with these very extreme sort of despair types of comments. Ohioans in all 88 counties can call, text, or chat for free 24-7 crisis support. Onan's Tracy Townsend reporting. Area law enforcement agencies collaborated on an OVI checkpoint in Finley on Friday night. Lieutenant Matt Crow, commander of the Finley Post of the Highway Patrol, on why they conduct sobriety checkpoints. To spread the word, to let people know that, that impaired driving is still very important. It's a traffic safety hazard, and we want to save lives by getting impaired drivers off the road. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So the whole world was absolutely abuzz about this last week. The first images from the James Webb Space Telescope. 
Now, this was a long time in the making. Uh, last year, NASA and its partners launched the Webb Space Telescope and built it as the next generation of great space observatories. And now that it is settled into orbit and fully functional, and its first observations were released last week, they did not disappoint. After we got a look at those first incredible pictures, we spoke with Dr. Charles Beichman, the executive director of the NASA Exoplanet Science Center. These first images have been nothing short of jaw-dropping for most of us average folks. Has it been the same for you? I would imagine you had a little bit better uh, understanding of what this uh, telescope was capable of. And I'm curious, what was your honest reaction the first time you saw what the Webb telescope sees? Jaw-dropping is as good a description as anything. I mean, we know maybe a bit more about the science, but the aesthetic appeal of some of these images, especially the Carina Nebula, the cliffs, is just beautiful in its own right. And then when you add the layers of complexity of what we're actually seeing revealed by Webb, it's just a spectacular accomplishment and just super exciting. So the thing that jumped out at me was this statement that uh, this telescope can actually see all the way back nearly to the origins of the universe. Explain in layman's terms how that's possible. And this isn't a DeLorean with a flux capacitor here. So, <laughs> uh, No, not yet. Um, we're working on it. Though. Um, so light travels at a certain fixed speed, 186,000 miles per second. So as we see distant objects, we're seeing them, you know, in their past. So we're seeing objects whose distances place them a few hundred million years after the Big Bang, after the, hmm. you know, the, quote, beginning of the universe. So we're seeing these galaxies as they're first forming, creating the first elements of life, carbon, nitrogen, oxygen. Now, this may seem very basic, but how do you know what you're looking at when you haven't seen it before? Well, I mean, well, first of all, we build on a structure of knowledge that we have from Hubble and ground-based telescopes so that we know that the universe is expanding. We've got galaxies. So we're now seeing them, you know, more and more distance. We can tell by their color. If you look at the background image behind me or the deep field, you'll see some of these really small, very red objects. We say, aha, those are probably very distant, very reddened galaxies that are Doppler shifted to very red wavelengths. Then we take the spectrometers on web and actually look at the emission in detail from those galaxies. And we see the fingerprints of elements like hydrogen, carbon, oxygen. And by comparing the wavelengths we see them at to their known wavelengths, we go, aha, the redshift is so-and-so. It's got these elements in it. So we use the combination of the images and the spectra from Webb to say what those objects are, what the physical conditions are. Now, the, the part that I, I do understand and certainly makes sense uh, is that the Webb telescope can see things more clearly than the Hubble before it with the advancements in technology. And uh, both can see things that could not be observed from Earth because of interference from our atmosphere that would get in the way. But I understand that the, that the Webb is an infrared telescope. What is that and how, does that different, uh, how is that different than, than the Hubble? 
So Hubble looks at the same visible light we can see with our own eyes, a little bit broader, it can see into the ultraviolet that gives you a sunburn that we can't see with our eyes. It sees a little bit into the infrared, but not very far. And what we're really focusing on with Hubble is this infrared radiation that we call heat radiation. Um, it's what you feel the warmth of a stove on a cold night, or the warmth of a campfire. So Webb's cameras and the telescope itself are optimized for those wavelengths. We analyze them. And then, you know, with the magic of uh, image processing, we transpose those infrared colors into the reds, the greens, and the blues that we can see with our own eyes. But we dissect that infrared radiation to look for the fingerprints of the atoms and molecules that emit at those wavelengths. Now, obviously, these are just the first images that we are getting a look at. What do you expect to find uh, in future observations, uh, obviously, this is you know, the Hubble has been around for many decades. I would imagine you expect the same thing from the, the from the web. Yeah, we're hoping, expecting that Webb will go for you know two decades. The uh, Ariane rocket that put it into its orbit did it so precisely that we didn't need any, any extra fuel to position the orbit. So the fuel that's on board can be used for station keeping for many years to come. So. We're super excited that Webb will be around for a long time and will teach us everything from the earliest universe to, you know, nearby planets orbiting host stars. These planets might be quite similar to our Earth. We may see hints of atmospheres around them. And I understand there's already been some indication of that, correct? Right. We looked at one uh, one planet called WASP-96. It's a hot Jupiter orbiting its host star in just three and a half days. So it's super hot. It's, you know, thousands of degrees heated by being so close to its star. But as we go along, we'll start looking at smaller planets, cooler planets, ones that are potentially even habitable planets. Hmm. And I would imagine uh, in your field of exoplanet research specifically, this uh, would easily be the most important tool perhaps ever. Oh, absolutely. And Webb is going to be a revolutionary game changer for our study of, uh, of exoplanets. We've been waiting for it for a long time, and it is going to more than exceed our dreams and expectations. Mm. Uh, we mentioned the first uh, images have been released, uh, and, and folks can learn more about those images, see more of those images, more information about the, uh, the Webb uh, telescope uh, at your website. Um, and there's more on you know its future and, and all of that as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, first place to start is go to Google. But really, um, jwst.nasa.gov or Twitter at NASA Web will be full of images, podcasts, informational notes about all the JWST discoveries in the day in the days, months, and years ahead. Again, Dr. Charles Beichman, uh, Executive Director of the NASA Exoplanet Science Center with us this morning. Thanks very much for uh, taking the time, sharing your expertise. We appreciate it. It's a pleasure.
So a Stuff the Bus follow-up here this morning with the collection weekend, the official collection weekend in the books, Christian Clearinghouse. This morning begins the process of sorting and organizing all of the stuff uh, that we stuffed on the bus ahead of next month's distribution. Uh, Tammy Stahl is uh, with us uh, this morning. Uh, from Now, are you actually on the bus this morning, or you're about to get on the bus to uh, sort through everything here? Well, actually, the bus is coming out to us. Um, okay. We're out here at Stonebridge Church right now, okay, and it will be here shortly. And I've got a bunch of helpers from the community. I've got some Girl Scouts here, and we're going to get those items unloaded. And from that, we get all the tags off of things, mm-hmm. and we get things sorted, and we count things, and then we can start... Um, we will have to purchase the extra items we need, and then we'll be right. able to start filling those backpacks. Yeah, this is. Uh, it was actually kind of interesting because uh, somebody asked me on Friday after we finished up the uh, the show. Somebody was asking me, "Well, what happens uh, to the bus uh, after the collection weekend is over?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know." So let's ask Tammy. So uh, you're actually waiting for the bus to uh, arrive to be there at uh, Stonebridge, where you get everything kind of organized, and I guess you store it there uh, and. And, and sort it and process it there? That's absolutely right. And then, um, you know, the sign-up is online. So, right. So if anybody is needing to, to sign up, um, they will go ahead and go online to our website at cchsupport.org and fill out the registration. And um, then you would come and pick the backpacks up, which is going to be August uh, 8th and 9th. Yeah. So um, we're just really excited. And, you know, we're already at over almost 700 kids registered. Wow. So the needs are many. Right. Um, I know there was a lot of backpacks on the bus, but I know that that's always an area that we're going to need more of. So if you're just hearing this today, you're just hearing this broadcast, you can still set up collection bins at your work or, you know, if you personally want to drop something off, we can take that at the Christian Clearinghouse office or we can also take it here at Stonebridge Church. So we will be happy to accept those donations. If you don't have time to shop, again, you can go to our website and make a donation um, to um, on the on the website and mm-hmm. just put in the memo part um, stuff the bus and we'll make sure that those dollars get used towards backpacks yeah very and supplies for the kids yeah very important to point this out one of the things I want to make sure that we highlight is that even though the official collection weekend is in the books as we said you can still uh, and uh, accept donations and you will welcome donations up until what point I mean when do you need uh, everything to to be in-house, in-hand? Well, if you would have been out there that first morning I came out there, we accept them all year long because I'll store <laughs> them. So, Fair enough. Because there's, uh, yeah, there's such a need for the community. So if we're not using them right now, um, I store them. Now, as we finish up right now, I will get with schools and take any leftovers to the schools mm-hmm. um, so that they, the art teachers and the, you know, all the specials um, that need items can get those. And then also kids that are just coming into the school without those items or 
all those crayons are broken by, you know, January and you need a new box of crayons. So we have that available. It it is a a good point because we uh, do occasionally get donations uh, of items that aren't necessarily on the school supplies lists, but certainly you can take them to the schools and they will make use of them. There's someone there at the school who can make use of some of the things that maybe don't go into the backpacks themselves. Absolutely. We make sure that everything gets back out uh, and we appreciate every single donation, every person that came out um, to bring things. And again, if you didn't have the opportunity to get out, um, we really, really um, can still use items. Right. And again, I think the backpacks probably are going to number at about 300. And, you know, I think we're going to serve about a thousand children this year. So we're still going to need a lot of backpacks. And so if you're able, please grab some, send them. You know, if you get on Amazon, you can mail them to our address at the. Oh, there you house. go. So what, that whatever makes, it makes is, it really easy. Still, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Really, really easy. So we try to make it as easy as possible for those that would like to donate. And again, um, we, I'm just always amazed by the outreach or the outpour of the community because every year we make this happen and we're yeah. going to do it again this year. Now, as you mentioned, uh, you already have several hundred families signing up their kids uh, for the distribution, which is coming up early August. Uh, mention again how folks can do that, uh, how they can do it themselves or how they can tell someone they know, hey, this is uh, available for you and, and pass the word. Right. So just go on to our website at cchsupport.org. And I think the radio station is also linked into that right. site. Yep. So go ahead and um, just get online and sign up. And um, then we'll have the details on the distribution. You'll sign up for uh, a pickup time so that you don't have to wait in a big, long line of people. And um, we try to make it absolutely as simple as possible, but we do need you to sign your children up. And this is limited to Hancock County children going to Hancock County schools, Mm -hmm. and you will need their social security number in order to sign them up. Now, one of the things that we didn't get the chance to mention on Friday when we were talking about the uh, distribution aspect of it, along with the backpacks, you are also uh, handing out uh, shoes as part of the uh, Happy Feet uh, program that that you do, uh, what, at Christian Clearinghouse, right? We do. And Project Happy Feet is a program where we give vouchers out to area children. They get to go shopping at Shoe Sensation, Shoe Department, or Kohl's. But that was limited to the first 500 children. But I want to make um, sure. Because. um, Yeah, I wanted to make sure that we we brought it out. We always need funds for that, too. Yeah. Yeah, we always need funds for that, also. We actually increased the, the voucher amount to $60 per child this year. Because unfortunately, fifty dollars is hardly paying a pair of shoes anymore. <laughs> no kidding. So, no kidding. So uh, yeah. So we want to make sure kids have a good pair of shoes. And you know, again, we've talked about this over and over. 
we we appreciate those backpacks that are setting up in the the cupboard that you know your kids would use but we really are trying to make this special for the kids we really want to keep things new mm-hmm. not used items now that's, and um, just trying to make it the best now that's not to say to now that's not to say that if you have uh, a, a backpack that never ended up getting used by your kid for one reason or another maybe you bought the wrong yeah, one drop it. <laughs> yeah. I know I we yeah, did that a couple of years uh, when our kids were younger, we bought the wrong one. Uh, so you can donate those yes. uh, as well. So uh, yes. absolutely. And uh, again, a big kudos to all of the volunteers who helped make that happen, because obviously this is uh, much too big a job for you alone. Absolutely. We could not do this without the volunteers, without, you know, Finley City Schools sending over the bus and the bus driver that volunteers their time. Um, and all the people that go out there and sit and collect the supplies and help us pack them up yeah. and get them off the bus and get them sorted. It is a big community collaborative. <laughs> and and the radio station is so good to us as far as getting this kicked off and just making sure because we, we couldn't do it if we weren't all all in this together. Uh, it is uh, just amazing, and, and so a big congratulations to uh, everybody, and a big thank you to everybody who donated, who's helping, uh, you know, sort everything and, and get it ready for the distribution and, and all of that. Uh, it is a uh, true community effort, as you were mentioning, uh, Tammy. Tammy Stahl, Christian Clearinghouse, waiting on the big bus uh, so that they can get everything started post-Stuff the Bus uh, here this morning, counting down to a distribution as we uh, count down to back to school. Tammy, thanks very much for the update. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, and you guys have a great day. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. <laughs> Did you happen to hear about this, sir? This is crazy. In uh, Great Britain, a uh, an English family was shocked when their lost beagle returned home. Okay, that's... You know, that's great. <laughs> but the dog returned home with a uh, with a ribbon <laughs> from dog show, with an award ribbon <laughs> from a dog show. Um, after making her escape, the five-year-old pup was found by a man named John Wilmer, who was entering his own dogs into the show. And so he picked up the dog and ended, uh, entered her in the best rescue dog category. And she won third place. <laughs> uh, after the uh, dog show, uh, I guess he, he went to the uh, local animal rescue or humane society uh, location. And I think they uh, scanned her for a microchip. And so they found uh, her owners and she is now back safe at home. But can you imagine your dog disappears and then shows up like three days later <laughs> As as a winner in the dog show, <laughs> that's kind of the epitome of uh, is it's sort of the uh, canine equivalent of uh, running away to join the circus, isn't it? That's <laughs> elsewhere in the broken news this morning. Some of the odd and unusual uh, items here uh, from Florida, because we always have to have a story from Florida. I'm not sure exactly where. Uh, in Florida, this is, but Austin Busick is facing charges of falsely 
reporting his own kidnapping. Falsely reporting his own kidnapping. Mr. Busick allegedly called 911, stated that he had been pushed into a car against his will. Deputies report that Mr. Busick, uh, when confronted and with the evidence that he had made it all up, uh, he uh, reportedly told deputies that he didn't know why he had done it. Had no idea why he seemed like the thing to do at the time, apparently. (laughs) I don't think I've ever been that bored. I don't think I've ever been that bored to say, you know what? I think I'll call my own kidnapping into the uh, into the cops. That's, that's uh, let's see. This is a, a big controversy has led to a class action lawsuit. A man in Springfield, Missouri, is suing Bass Pro Bass Pro Shops for not honoring their lifetime warranty on their socks. Uh, that's right. Not honoring their lifetime warranty on their socks. Kent Slaughter's lawsuit claims that Bass Pro uh, has a warranty. Uh, they they used to replace their socks whenever they wore out. Uh, they, a matter of fact, sold them with uh, with the um, uh, sales pitch, the last socks you'll ever have to buy. And so every time. The socks were out. He'd take them in for a new pair. Lifetime warranty. But the last time he uh, came in to replace his socks, he discovered that the new pair only have a 60-day warranty. Um, Apparently, the change happened sometime last year, and he is now suing. Bass Pro Shops, for their part, says they do not comment on pending le- uh, litigation <laughs> is this really worthy of a class action lawsuit i mean honestly is this something that rises to that level um <laughs> i mean we're not talking about medical malpractice or a defective product that kills or maims people we're talking about socks class action lawsuit we will continue to follow that story as it develops. Uh, boy, this was uh, this must have been a, a scary sight, uh, especially if you were on the highway at the time. Early on Friday, a small aircraft made an emergency landing on Interstate 70 in Missouri. The uh, pilot was the only one on board. Um, he was slightly injured after the plane collided with a guardrail on the highway. Fortunately, nobody on the ground was injured. I mean, that could have been, well, you know, it's a, it's a small plane. It's not like it's a jet plane that's landing uh, on the highway. But still, that could have uh, been really dangerous. Well, it was dangerous. Could have been uh, uh, dangerous or even deadly for, for those on the ground. But anyway, the uh, plane, it says here in the report, the plane had to land because it ran out of fuel. The pilot had to be arrested because he was allegedly intoxicated. (laughs) Drunk landing on the highway. That's crazy. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, this is a video that you have got to see if you want to chuckle this morning. The Cumberland, Indiana Metropolitan Police Department 
uh, posted body cam footage to Facebook of a call that they got uh, the other day. Uh, apparently, uh, there was a report. Officers were alerted to a possibly injured goat that had gotten into someone's fenced-in yard uh, there in Cumberland, in the Cumberland area, a possibly injured goat that got into somebody's fenced-in yard. Uh, Captain Crook and uh, another officer arrived to find the goat in the backyard of a residence. Uh, The goat did not belong to the resident, and it was unknown who the animal belonged to. Authorities believe the goat to be in need of medical assistance. And that's when the hilarity ensued. The officers had to wrangle the goat so that he could be cared for and so that they could figure out where he belonged. But the goat was having none of it. (laughs) The goat was not interested. (laughs) He was he was just fine and dandy where he was. Thank you. And he had no interest in being wrangled up. So. The video, and you can see this on their uh, Facebook page, the Cumberland, Indiana Metropolitan Police Department Facebook page, uh, the body cam footage uh, set to uh, the theme, the uh, Benny Hill theme. (laughs) As the officers chase the goat around uh, this yard. Um, (laughs) uh, Thankfully, the goat was not injured, as it turned out, and just happened to be lost. He is now being well-fed and made comfortable until proper ownership can be found. Police are uh, hoping to reunite this lost but mischievous goat uh, with its owner. It's just, it's really funny when you see the the officers running around the yard trying to wrangle the goat <laughs> to the tune of uh, Benny Hill. It is, it is quite the sight. It is worth your time to look that up. There you go. Uh, some of the uh, odd and unusual uh, items in the news. Today's uh, broken news report brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. You don't think twice about wearing your seatbelt. Going boating? Real boaters wear a life jacket. It's easy to do. Accidents can happen quickly, and if you're not wearing your life jacket, you won't have time to put it on if it's stowed. So pick a comfortable life jacket and wear it. Remember, life jackets are for everyone, regardless of your age or swimming ability. Have fun, make memories, and boat responsibly. This message brought to you by the National Safe Boating Council and U.S. Coast Guard. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. You remember when you were a kid... In the summertime, you'd hear the familiar melody of the ice cream truck coming down the street. You could hear it from a block away and get all excited. And uh, you'd run into the house and say, Mom, quick, give me a dollar so I can get ice cream. Did you always get it? Maybe not always. It was a real treat when you did. Well, it is still a thing in many neighborhoods uh, across America And almost half of Americans in a recent poll, 2,000 adults, almost half, 47%, say that they are more than willing to let their kids be big spenders with the neighborhood ice cream truck. 47% say they let their children participate in this summertime tradition 
more often than they got the chance to themselves. <laughs> we're, we're spoiling our kids. We're letting them buy from the ice cream truck more than we got to. Uh, although, although a third of respondents, 34%, bought their own truck-sourced treats several times or more each summer, one in five, 23%, say they did not grow up in an area frequented by ice cream trucks. They missed out on that. Uh, another 17% have never ordered from any kind of ice cream truck in their lives. That's hard to believe, isn't it? The uh, survey also suggests that people eat more ice cream in the summer than any other season. Probably not a surprise there. 45% say they eat more ice cream in the summer than any other time of the year. That is despite its status as the most loved dessert among survey respondents, 82%. But most of us, or at least a fair number, uh, eat more in the uh, summer than any other time of year. But, again, 82% say it's their favorite dessert. 68% claim that they have ice cream in their freezer at all times. <laughs> Just in case. Get that hankering. So as we were talking about on Friday, it is never too early to start thinking about back to school and getting a head start on all of the shopping that needs to be done. Joining us this morning is Rena Hurst, Chief Business Officer at Shipped. And Rena, I think one of the reasons why people don't want to think about back to school yet, uh, aside from the fact that we're not ready for summer to be, to be winding down, but also because I think people dread all of that shopping to begin with, especially this year with everything costing so much more. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's a little bit of the it's both excitement and anticipation and a little bit of dread and it's a change in behavior and a lot changes as we head back to school and or back to college. Um but what we're seeing this year um uh, is consumers are starting to shop earlier and earlier for these key seasons and especially back to school and back to college. In fact, 33% of consumers have already started their back to school back to college shopping in the month of July. Um, I'm one of those 33%, so I can bounce for that, you know, a, a, at least one person in there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of reasons, right? To your point, like prices are high. So why why shop now? Well, there's great deals. The month of July, retailers are really aggressive with promotions, really right. trying to win the season. Um, so now's a great time. If you, you are trying to pinch those pennies and watch your budget, shop in July. Um, you know, there's also great inventory available in the month of July. And so, you know, our recommendation this year is to, you know, get started early and lean on a service like Shipped, a same-day delivery provider who can bring this store to your door and make this holiday season stress-free for you um, in as soon as an hour. And and if you think about it, uh, it also makes sense that the sooner you start, the more you can spread it out and make it a little easier on the budget. So there is that as well. And now you just unveiled your ultimate sh uh, school shopping guide. What kind of information are we going to find there that will make going back to school that much easier in the fall of 2022? We took a really interesting approach this year to back to school. We went out and, you know, we looked at our own data, but then we went out and surveyed thousands of parents and teachers, caregivers, and even students heading back to college. And we wanted to know what the top items were and what the key trends were. And we wanted to make sure we were kind of the declarative winner of back to school this year. And here's what we learned. So might be no surprise, but the top items that everyone has on their list this year are pencils and pens. Um, pretty basic, but here's what we learned from teachers that was super interesting. Teachers told us 
The kids are running out of these supplies early into the year. And with supply chains the way they are, our recommendation is not only buy early to get the deals, but get your stock and maybe get a replenishment for those pens and pencils to make it all the way through the school year. Have those utensils ready to go. Um, and, you know, all the way through May, June, July, um, you're, you're, you're stocked up and ready to go with all those key essentials you need for school. It's not like they're going to go bad uh, if you buy them early. It's, I, I always say True. they can sit on my shelf just as easy as they can sit on the uh, store shelf. So uh, get them now Great and point. stock up. You don't have to worry about it. What are, uh, you, you mentioned, you know, the most in-demand products are, are the basics. Probably not a big surprise. What are the other uh, big items that people are shopping for for back to school season this year? Great question. So more top items are are a little bit more of the core stationary items, things like Elmer's glue sticks, Crayola crayons, and five-star notebooks. But the big hot item this year for all students is backpacks. So as we're re-entering the world and coming back to normalcy, we're seeing parents, 80% of parents are buying their kids a new backpack this year. Um, just so they're on trend, they have the right characters, the right size, the right color. And I, I'll tell you, as a parent of two, a mom of two elementary school-aged kids, buying the backpack is the quintessential back-to-school moment for us. Um, we get really, the kids get really excited. They get really into it. They're motivated to do the shopping with me. Um, so it's a fun experience for parents um, and one that I hope many parents are out there enjoying this year. And then those heading back to college, we've got a couple stats for you, too. We're seeing 9 out of 10 college students pick up a tablet before they return to campus. Mm-hmm. And then about 50% are buying a mini-fridge. Ah. So, parents, if you're buying your kid a mini-fridge, here's my hot tip for you. Pick up a ship membership for your college-age students so that you can stock up their fridge with the things you want Thing, maybe fruits and vegetables versus what they might be wanting to put in their fridge, <laughs> um, unnamed, unnamed beverages. Uh, but let's, let's make it a make it a healthy and safe and fun uh, uh, year as kids head back to campus. Yeah, a little sneaky there. Yeah, it is uh, worth uh, pointing out. Remembering it's not just kids who are headed back to elementary school or high school. Uh, college uh, students going to be heading off to class here in the uh, very near future as well. So we got to think about that. Uh, we mentioned the uh, ultimate school shopping guide and uh, ship making it easy uh, to get all of that shopping done. What kind of uh, stores and, and products can shoppers uh, on ship choose from? And I, you talked about how quickly those things can be delivered. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a great set of retailers, big box national retailers like Target, Bed Bath & Beyond and Office Depot, CVS and Walgreens, but even those local favorite stores like Meyer, Fresh Time, um, all of these stores have all these great items and essentials you need to go back to school, to go back to college. And again, we will bring the store to your door in as soon as an hour. Um, and our ship, we have a fabulous network of ship choppers who are out there navigating the aisles and taking care of all those stressful purchases for you. Taking some of the stress out of it is the ultimate goal. Rena Hurst, again, Chief Business Officer at Shipped, with us uh, this morning. We mentioned the ultimate school shopping guide. Where do we go for more information? Absolutely. Head over to Shipped.com or download the Shipped app. And for those that are new to Shipped, I have a really special offer for you today. For your first order, we want to take the, we're going to pay for the delivery fee for you. Use promo code GETSHIPPED. G-E-T-S-H-I-P-T, and have a great back-to-school, back-to-college season. 
And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media, sign up for a daily email newsletter, and more. Again, goodmornings.net, our little corner of the world wide web for all things good mornings. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.